Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Undo Anxiety Podcast. This is Dr. John Duffy. I am your host here, and I appreciate you protecting some time for myself and my guests. Um, here at the Undo Anxiety Podcast, we are hoping that through the sharing of some stories and ideas, we feel less alone and undo some of that undue anxiety that we all seem to suffer, at least sometimes, totally unnecessarily. And today, I thought we'd talk about February. January, February, March, this time of year. Um, because when I think about this time of year, and I've been in practice for about 20 years, um, one thing I recognize is I always have more clients, more calls, more people looking for services here, um, more ennui, if, you, if that's the right word, more anxiety. Um, and I've talked to some other therapists this year um, in the last couple of days, and everybody seems to agree, like, yeah, there's this funk that seems to surround... February. And um, so to muse a little bit about this, um, this time of year and the undue anxiety that seems to envelop February, um, uh, my wife, Julie, is here. Hi, Julie. Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, and you have shared that you've experienced some of this February funk. Yeah, what, what, I'm What's February it like for you? Funk. What's February like for you this year? I don't year? know. I... Is it your husband? No, 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 no. All right. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. I did notice that um, I think I saw, you know, when, when those Facebook memories pop up, I think last year around this time I wrote, I was literally thinking, I need to bust out. And I think I posted that exact phrase last year at this time. Like, I don't know. I think, um, I don't know if it's a Midwest thing, even though the weather has been crazy great, like it seems like May today, and you think that the weather would buoy you and, you know, get you outside and make you feel great. Um that, I mean, and that is happening. I walked today. It was lovely. But <laughs> the funk somehow remains. And so John and I, you and I had this great meeting last weekend. Yes. Um, where we, you know, a life plan meeting. And we're going to kick some ass. And we talked about fitness goals and, um, like, business goals and, um, you know, how we can collaborate. And you... Um, you humored me and let me write in big green magic marker on a giant pad. Julie treated this, this meeting, um, it had to be business-like, and she somehow she couldn't click in to my typing things on my phone, which is how I take notes. So Julie got easel paper, and so we got this big easel paper, and we were basically in the conference room that was that is our dining room, and uh, yeah, we were kind of making this big plan, and um, and your energy would go from... You know, kind of like maybe looking at your phone to like, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. I get, you know. And I, I loved my green marker and my giant pad. Yeah. I like it was to a see ride. the things. I like to see the things. Yeah, you like to see the and things. And I drew some pictures. You drew like money. You drew little money. And you drew us with muscles. Yes, right? muscles. Um, and a lot of other like very inspired um, like. Oh, I, an airplane ride and, and, and a shamrock to Ireland. Um, right, right, right. To see George. Yep. Our son's studying abroad in Ireland. So. And so we, we also realized, hey, it's like 28 days till we leave to see George. Let's make some shit happen. You can say that. You can swear. We'll, we'll... Before we Julie leave. Has a, Julie has a mouth like a sailor, so you're going to have to get used to this. Um, yeah. And then um, this is kind of meandering. But another thing we did was um, we realized we didn't really know how we were going to accomplish this um, so we started, we were talking on Friday, we were taking a walk, and we were kind of talking about, we don't do this, and we're not doing this. 
we're talking, you know, and it was kind of like negative, what we're not doing, what we aren't. And, you know, and I, I was like, hey, let's go home and make lists of how, what's awesome about us, which actually was really good. That was a good exercise. Um, I recommend it. It seems so cheesy, but it was a cool thing because we ended up, the way we ended up doing that was we, we made the list for each other, yeah. which was cool. Yeah. Um, so I was able to tell Julie what was awesome about her. She was able to tell me what was awesome about me. That took that took a lot of paper. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. No, that was, was so uh, that was so fun, and it was so easy for me to say what was awesome about John. And both of us, you know, John would say something, and I was like, "Really? Like, you know, you just don't think about what's great about you very often. Uh, we all get our default. I think in our head is always." And, you know, it, it's a lot of times subconscious. We don't even realize what the tape that's running through our heads. It's like, what's wrong? I'm, I'm five pounds overweight. I'm not in shape. I'm, you know, not articulate. This is, that's, these are some of the things that go through. These are some my, of Julie's scripts. Okay, not five pounds, but maybe more. Um. <laughs> not more. Not more. Anywho, no, but, but, the, I but you're on to something. No, you don't digress because I think I think you're you're right on it. Like, you know, we have these scripts that pass through our minds that we are virtually unaware of unless we pause. So what happened last weekend that I think was cool is we paused, we gave a little voice to the scripts in our heads and turned them on their heads a little bit. Like yeah. we So instead of thinking, because I don't know why our default thinking on the whole is what's negative about us. You know, I always talk about like, it seems like most people that I work with that I know the default is something in the category of I'm not good enough. I'm not light enough. I'm not doing the right job. I'm not smart enough. I'm not articulate enough. I'm not good looking enough. There's, but it's always I'm not good enough. That seems to be. And, and to, um, to build on that, this just popped into my head. So as we sit around and those messages go through our head about what's not good enough about us, I also think our default is kind of uh, the same as we look at others, you know, like we judge people walking down the street or even people we know or people we sort of know and we make assumptions about them. So when we're coming from a place of our own negative thoughts about ourselves, sometimes our negative, our thoughts about others are, are equally and assumptions are equally negative. That's an interesting, it's interesting that you said that because I was going to suggest the opposite, that we, that we make these upward comparisons. I remember in grad school, we talk about upward and downward social comparisons. And I would, I was going to argue, but I'm open to being wrong here, that we make upward social comparisons. So we'll, we find somebody who's thinner than us or younger than us or in a better job than us. And we compare ourselves to them. And that's how our script develops. Oh, I would. Okay. I, I totally agree with that. We think other people, other families are more cohesive, other people's lives are better, other people have more money, other people have it easier. We idealize other I think people's lives, right? That happens too. Yeah. But um yeah, I, I But I know I know what you're saying is true too. Like, you know, um, we were we were debating today about what to talk about because one one thing we were gonna talk about maybe was kind of like the current political climate. And you know, and that part I think it's part of the February funk this particular year. Um, whether you are totally pro or anti, you are, you know, there's always an us and them. And I think that's making people really anxious. And 
And that's bringing out the judgmental in all of us because, you know, everybody suddenly has righteous indignation towards somebody Absolutely. else. Everyone's got an enemy. And I think that's part of the funk right now. So I, I think you're right too. You know, I think that, you know, part of the way that we find to feel better about ourselves, maybe this is a juxtaposition. So we have these negative scripts and one way we find to feel better about ourselves is to think like, eh, they're all idiots because they either love him or they hate him and they have no idea what they're doing or, or what they're talking about. And um, that division somehow makes us feel better about ourselves. It puts us in the winning club somehow. Well, and, you know, it, again, it comes from our own fear and anxiety, not to just overuse those words, but um, I think it's really amped up right now in the U.S. of A., um, and yeah, we, yeah, we're making, you know, negative assumptions about people that really, um, I think in a lot of cases are very similar to us. Um, what I mean is I think there's a lot of people in this country who really all want the same things, have the same values, and maybe, you know, really neither political party is resonating wholly with them, um, but we're not really talking about what connects us. We're talking about the fringe, deepest fears. And that's how I think this election went the way it did. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get your point. And, and, um, and so I think that, you know, that divisiveness that we're, that we're feeling is part of the specific February funk we're going through right now. Um, Big time, you know, because I think I think a lot of us um, feel a little isolated, maybe in the way we think too, you know, like um, and um, despair to some extent, you know. Like I, I still think, you know, um, you you've talked about before any election, um, you know, we kind of rear back and we stop talking to our friends in the same way we would, you know, like certain certain topics become taboo, and in a way you're kind of like, I don't know if I want to know how he or she is voting because, right. man, that would change the whole thing. And, you know, and so some, somehow in the past X number of elections, X number of years, 20, I don't know, we've gotten to this point where we can't talk about things that are so vitally important to all of us because of fear of disagreement and discomfort. And, and so we've kind of become more and more culturally anxious, I think, uh, because we're we're not listening to each other. We're not hearing what the other, what anybody else has to say. And most of us are just kind of like muttering under our breath how angry we are at the other side instead of having, you know, a talk and recognizing probably that what you're saying is true, that there is no other side. That there, Or if there's another side, it's this little slim little margin of people. It's not you know, it's not 60 million people one way or another that the vast majority of the, you know, millions of us have more in common than we have um, not in common. And, uh, you know, like I, I do think that that's, that's part of the problem this year in particular. You know, I think I can, I can definitely say that that's part of the reason that I'm getting more calls than I'm used to getting, you know, even in February, you know, yeah. like this has been, this has been a rough winter it's been real good for business, which I always say is like, that's not good. Like culturally, that's not a good thing when my business is thriving, right. you know? And I think it's the, the well, you know, the 24 hours of um, 
the 24-hour news cycle, the 24-hour social media um, party, and the main theme is divisiveness. And, um, you know, it's so bizarre that we in this country, like, you know, there's kind of, seems to be kind of a line down the middle. Um, but the divisiveness is, it's super depressing for me. I realize, like, um, very anxiety inducing and super depressing. <laughs> I realize. Yeah, you seem like yeah, you yeah. Know, not to be not to be too much the therapist, but you seem affected by this conversation now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, by just the state of things, and I do believe, I really believe that most of us, you know, and this is kind of a maybe this, yeah, I think we're talking about having doing a podcast. Like, I think um, that a lot of people who voted. Um, both ways, I think a lot of us um, really do really, really want the same things. We want, um, we want, you know, an efficient, you know, prosperous economy. We want health and happiness um, for ourselves and our family and our friends. We, we have um, charitable hearts uh, we all love life and are pro-life, and I mean, I mean, I'm pro-choice, but I, and I, I don't. The, the the labels don't work for me at all. But you know, I think we're all for life, and I I think a lot of these tags, a lot of these labels, have unnecessarily fractured us. And, um, you know, I, I, I want to find a way to start having conversations where we figure out what, what connects us again. And I don't mean that in a namby-pamby Pollyanna way. I mean, I really think that a lot of us, you know, that, that we're missing the obvious and focusing on, you know, the negative buzz words and buzz phrases. So... Um, so if you believe on the whole, and I'm just going to put you on the spot here a little bit. If you believe on the whole, like most of us have the same core values in common. Most of us care about the same things. What's, what's the upsetting part for you? Oh, well, and I, you know, the upsetting part is that, in my opinion, the fear... Of not of not being heard, of not being represented, has of being so divided, has put, and I know some people love him, and that's that is what it is. You know, have put a gentleman like Donald Trump in the White House, and I, you know, I used to love when he was a, you know, and you'll attest to this, you know, before he secured the nomination, I used to watch him with kind of a mother's heart and I could see the wounded little boy in him and I thought he was kind of adorable and, and um, you know, I kind of had a soft spot in my heart for him and I, I also could see at times when I could see his heart and, you yeah, know. Yeah, you kind of had this uh, during some of those debates where I would be fuming, you'd be like, Donald, you're being naughty. Yeah. Like, you know, kind of like this playful kind of like, 
You know, and I, I, I remember being angry about that. Like, Julie, don't you see how, yeah, you how mad bad like, this oh is? Oh, my God. Like, I'm like, dude, I'm not going to vote for him. He's not going to get the nomination. Um, but he was a different animal uh, and that I feel like people thought they needed. I don't know that people, everyone that voted for him really thought this is how it was going to play out. But I won't. I'm not going to be presumptuous, but um, from where I, I think a lot of people are happy sit. with the way it's played out, by the way. Right? I mean, I, I think there's, there's a lot of people who, if you, if you um, listened to Campaign Promises chapter and verse, um, who are very happy with, uh, with the way it's played out and feel as if, like, yeah, it's a man of his word. He's doing what he said he was going to do. I, I got to think that that is the case. Um, I think he answered like was an answer to the question isn't the right word but he was elected because of how angry and fearful and divided a lot of us are um i thought i'm not terribly politically savvy but i thought i remembered when the the difference in parties was primarily fiscal. Mm -hmm. um, and and I totally understand that. Like, I, I don't think government is as efficient, and this is an understatement, with our money in any way, shape, or form as they could be. I voted for Ross Perot because I loved how he made me understand with his charts and graphs, you know. He used these. You know, that too. giant sucking sound, <laughs> you know, that's all our jobs going away. And I was like, okay, this guy, we need to run our business, our country more like a business and be more efficient with our tax dollars. It'll, they'll go further. We'll help more people. I remember they used to talk about the $25,000 hammer. Do you remember that? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, and so seats and hammers I was and kind is super of on. You know, I totally understand that. I'm totally on board with that. So, you know, maybe we need a new party that is um, more financially sound, right? Um, uh, uh, charitable, um, that takes care of everyone in the country. Um, and, you know, I don't know what the, I don't, I, that's a conversation I want to have. I don't know what the characteristics would be, but I feel like the parties as they exist and how the way they've extrapolated out right now today I don't know that they're um, answering that they're an answer to to all of us to what we all that's need, that, yeah. that that's just how I feel I feel like you know a lot of us who maybe voted differently who are friends if we could get together and say okay what what are our priorities what are our values I think they're more the same than they are different. I know they are. Well, you know, you're, you're bringing something up, I think, that, that is, like, actually really important because um, I think, you know, I've always kind of liked the two-party system. There's something about the balance of it I thought was always a good thing. What it's... And, and, and there was this kind of cooperation, you know, years ago. I remember when I was a kid, I remember marveling at it, you know, that, that like, 
oh, Republicans and Democrats have to work together and figure things out in this cooperative way. How how cool is that? What a what an elegant system, you know, like the, the democracy is. Like you know, um, and and I mean that. Like I remember I remember um, there, there's a photograph somewhere of Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill every Wednesday. If I remember this right, these guys who really like loathed each other the rest of the week would sit down and have like a two martini lunch, you know, and there's a picture of him in this booth in this DC restaurant, you know, so here you've got like the staunchest Republican, the, 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 the as far, you know, right man as you can get like Ronald Reagan and you got Tip O'Neill who represents the polar opposite, you know, he is the, the liberal hawk of the, of Congress. And these guys are just sitting down having lunch because you have to, because sometimes you have to like realize, yeah, this is a good guy. I got more in common with him than I have against him. And I have to remind myself of that because we're fighting most of the time. And yeah. now that doesn't happen anymore. And so it feels like, I'm not sure where the corner was turned, but it, but there's an us and a them. It's not like, you know, we're all in this together. It's like, you know, we need an enemy. And and I there's something about that that I, I find um, so suddenly distasteful and um, and I think it's driving up honestly our cultural anxiety you know like it, it's oh, yeah. palpable you can you can feel it and um, and there's like this vitriol in the air like you know I'll admit I feel it myself you know like on a daily basis you know I I I'm not typically a a CNN MSNBC Fox News watcher but I come home from work now and I'd like tap all three looking for, looking to feel something, you know, (laughs) and, uh, and not in a healthy way, more like, you know, you know, what the hell's happened today, you know, like, and that's not right. That's not moving anything ahead. And that's not, um, there's nothing cooperative about that. It's, uh, it's almost like, uh, I want to watch the, I want to watch the train wreck and I want to see it, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think part of it is we've, we've become this reality TV country, um, in society or whatever, not just country, and um, so the and with the twenty-four hour news cycle, where people have to get viewers to their stations, and there are endless options, you have to be sensational. You you know just like you you saw the Donald, God bless him, um, on that stage, you know with all those Republican candidates and the people that were talking policy. Uh, were so boring because he was getting all the attention. I mean, it's so this whole thing just kind of took on a life of its own. Um, so, yeah, I would like next up soon, let's do a podcast. Let's sit down with some people who voted for Donald Trump and um, and some people who voted for Hillary. <laughs> and, um, and let's talk about what what unites us and um you know just what our thoughts are on all of this because uh the uh, because i think that's what we have to do and it seems like this is a good place to to open a dialogue um because if we don't do it here if we all all don't do it wherever we are then then we're locked into something uh, i don't even think we can define but we're we're stuck in it, and to to think that uh, four years from now something different is going to happen where we all feel happier, more connected, less anxious, you know, uh, that's folly. That's that's not going to happen, you know, unless we, as a populace, do something different. I think 
we kind of have this magical thinking in this country about what Washington is and, and does and is capable of. And we forget that there's, you know, hundreds of millions of us, you know, who make up the country. And, you know, you know what, what happens there is important, but what happens here is more important. Right. What well, happens, the way, the way we think about each other, the way we connect with each other or disconnect with each other, that's going to drive how things go politically, economically, um, in terms of our health in general, you know, and in terms of our anxiety, you know, it's going to, it's going to drive our lives. Um, this, it, it goes, it's weird because, you know, this undue anxiety thing, um, we can say this is about the anxiety you feel as a person because you're not making enough money. But we can also say this is the anxiety we feel as a culture because we're super divided or that we feel as a human race because we've got enemies in other countries. And, you know, it's, um, I think the more we feel like, hey, there's about 8 billion of us, most of us feel the same way. Most of us care about the same things. Most of us want to support each other. Something tells me if we can get to that, you know, back to that, I think, then, then I think we can get back on track. But it feels so self-destructive in a massive way if we can't. I think most people are kind. Most people want to help their neighbor and would and do. Um, and, you know, I think this idea that there's a lot of villains out there in this country right now that, you know, in the citizenry, is that a word? That yeah, that's, let's go with that. That is, not, that is not the truth. That is not the truth. But that is what is being painted. And we're all kind of buying it. We're all kind of buying into it. And I do think, you know, I, I thought, I thought, I, I recognized that I had a ton of anxiety coming from this particular um, aspect of things. Um, I was, I, I thought it was a little seasonal, which I think it is too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the good news is um, we can change it. What do, you I, we, what do you think, it, before we, before we finish here what, what do you think it is about us that we are drawn to, to a villain like that we that we need the uh, somebody we oppose so diametrically and so wholly you know what I mean like what is that is that us looking for ways to feel good about ourselves and our own point of view I don't I don't know I don't feel that way <laughs> I don't I mean I don't need an enemy. I don't, as you know, I don't want any or feel the need for any. I don't. No, that's true. You don't. Um, I, <laughs> I, I think don't. You, well, so, I won't so say that when I, when I am in my, you know, place of, in a place of fear that I don't, you know, find myself judging and, you know, being pissed off at, you know, people for, you know, whatever situation we might be in, uh, you know, in a moment, but I realize, you know, again, um, that people feel, I think in general, unheard. I, that's what I've heard from people. Um, they voted a certain way because they felt unheard. They felt like they haven't, their voice has not been heard. And so what's the solution for that? We need to hear each other. And I don't think I'm repeating myself that the thing we're going to hear the most is I hate those people 
I hate those people, and I just want everything for myself. <laughs> no, I think that's I right. don't think that is, I know that's not how most people live their lives in this country, live their daily lives. You know, look at what happened when, you know, we had 9-11. The whole country came together. Nobody asked each other, hey, are you a Republican or a Democrat on the street when they helped them, you know, wash the dust out of their nose. Um, but but why does it take a 9-11? You know, why, why do we have to have, the, the, that's part of what I'm getting at, is like it feels like we have to have, we will unite oh, if we have a common oh, enemy, oh, oh, if we oh, have a oh, foe, oh. you know what I mean? Like suddenly it's like, oh, okay, we're going to go after these Let's guys. Let's not have then. a take that. I'm saying it's, it seems to me I, that we just need to start having the conversation. What What do most of us want? And I don't think the current two political parties and the people that are in Washington that that are you know that we've elected really have a beat on what we what most of us really want and need. It's this 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 it's it's totally um, down party lines. I really don't believe that all Republicans you know, buy everything that the party now holds out, or all Democrats buy everything that the party holds out. I know they don't. I know they don't. So we, we should have the conversations. We got to start listening to each other across those lines and let that division shrink. Yes. And also, this is probably a good time because I'll call myself out on it. Like, I think we all sit here in our little lives and our little circles and, you know, ours is lovely and we fall asleep to and think oh well those people out there in dc are they're they're taking care of everything and we we disengage i think a lot of us myself included have been kind of disengaged um and now it's time to wake up and um and i think it's not what did i hear someone say it's uh not it won't be that hard. Why do you think that is? Um, it, feel, it feels insurmountable, right? I mean, I think a lot of people you, would say... It, you can look at it that way, but I, I, I think the truth, the answer is... Well, I think we should start having the conversation so we can find the commonality, and I think that's where the, that's where the answer lies. So... Yeah, let's make a podcast with some people. That's what we'll do. Um, and let's talk about why we have the party affiliations we do, and why, um, you know, what we what we all really want. Open, and openness and listening and kindness, right? And um, and then maybe next February we don't feel the funk we feel now. This is no small deal to you, is it? No, I like I was just getting like emotional because I realized. Like this is, you know, this is what I've been saying. This is, you know, you know, I've talked about this a little bit. This is the great mystery to me is like, I just believe that, again, not in a Pollyanna way. And maybe it doesn't even sound Pollyanna. Like, I feel like most people know this. Like we are, um, this is the conversation I want to have. Like, you know, even I, I picture like on my block in our little town, you know, I want to knock, knock on the doors of my neighbors, not literally maybe, and just say, can we talk? Because I feel like we all really agree. Like, I don't know how everybody voted, but, you know, I, I notice around elections, 
no, everyone shuts up. There were no signs in our mm-hmm. town. Right, that's true. No signs. So what's the message? The message is I can't speak my truth. I can't talk about what I'm worried about. I can't talk about what I want for myself, for my family, for my country. I can't talk about it. So I'm going to sit in my house and I'm going to watch, you know, on both sides, sensationalized TV or comedy and laugh and get kind of, you know, down and dirty and ha 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 and, you know, aren't I smart, which, you know, hey, there's some great comedy out there and, you know, we love it, but it's the buildup I think is toxic yeah. because it's, it's a disconnect and we all feel it. I know we all feel it around and you guys can probably elections. You, you get, yeah, and you guys can probably hear this about Julie, but she is the quintessential peaceful soul. And so when she says, you know, that this runs all of this, this vibe runs so counter to her spirit, that is could could not be more true. And so um, this is. This has been upsetting to you. And I think this is part of maybe the grandest part of your funk this time of year. Yeah, I think no doubt. Yeah. I thought it was, well, I mean, you know, you have the holidays and, you know, they they go long and they're awesome. But, you know, you feel kind of like crap at the end. And then it's January and then it's February, blah, blah, blah. But, no, I think I'm, the majority of my funk is just, is the disconnect, is the vitriol, is the, um, and it's, it's, it's rapid fire right now. It is, um, it's like a nightmare kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it's a nightmare for you in a different, I, I don't think you're saying, I hate these CNN alerts because they freak me out, right? That, that I'm getting on my phone. You're not saying that. You're not saying it's a nightmare like Seth Meyers would have said last night. Um, that too, but, um, but just just the overall vibe of our country and our friends and our neighbors and um, yeah, yeah, I think it's it's depressing. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that in the end is, is the point, right? It's depressing. Yeah. So that's just my, you know, my thought is I want to have conversations with people that I know um, that I'm very much in line with that um, and you're looking to hear them you hear the humanity in them yeah you're looking yeah to hear I, I, I want us to talk about what we want because I don't I don't think most of us are really talking about that and so um, there's some fringe ideas that are hijacking the discourse all of it the discourse yeah yeah that's a good point I think that's true um, so do you think when you say it's depressing I think a lot of people would agree um, I think a lot of people would say it's depressing that he's in there it's depressing because he's boorish it's depressing um, because uh, I, I, I don't want these people to be afraid that they're going to be taken from their homes. You know, and, and I, think, I think you probably feel a piece of all of that. But 
But you're talking about something different too, right? You're talking about the connection between people, between people here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I I'm talking about both. Um, but yes, definitely. Yeah. And, and the answer is communication. It's openness, yeah? Yeah, and again, I, not in a like, oh, let's all hold hands, but mm, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, are you um, sure you don't mean to be a little Pollyanna about this? <laughs> I just know, I just know, like, you know, John and I and our son George went to the Rally to Restore Sanity in D.C. in what, 2010? 2010, so, November 2, 2010. So that was a John Stewart, Stephen Colbert love fest. And it was, um, Obama was president. Obama was president. It was it was about the noise. It was about the um, 24-hour news cycle. Everyone's screaming at each other. Everyone's saying the most sensationalized thing. I think it was about sanity. Like what they said, the rally to restore sanity. And we, we bunch of us flew to DC. We all gathered in the mall. And it was a mixed bag of people from all walks of life. I think both parties were were... Uh, represented and it was just like humans citizens you know getting together standing there there was some music and I remember John Stewart's speech at the end and I one of the main things he said is you know when we're driving around and when we're in our daily lives and we're letting each other into traffic we're not saying are you a Democrat are you a Republican are you a conservative are you a liberal those words those words mean nothing to me I don't even know what they mean um, I'm sure people would call me a liberal I don't own the, I don't even know I would want to actually that's maybe we'll have that in our conversation in our talk what does that even mean um, but that's not how we see each other in our daily lives and so I just think we need to bring that out and from a grassroots level, take responsibility, communicate, and affect DC and, 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 not, and, and not the other way around. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad you brought that rally up because, you know, um, I, I remember that speech and, and, and that was beautiful and profound and it was also kind of surreal to have a quarter million people around you and everybody's smiling, laughing, holding up ridiculous signs, you know, like um, apolitical, like to the nth degree. Not and Penny's was, boat. Like, right, not yeah. Penny's boat, like this um, reference to Lost. Um, this kind of ridiculously... Vote for uh, Pedro. And so, right, so it was it was joyful. And what's what's probably missing broadly right now is something that feels joyful, right? I mean, you know, like I'm, I'm just listening to you and I'm thinking, what did I feel at that rally? I felt overjoyed, yeah. <laughs> you know? Honestly, I haven't felt that way in a while. That's what it was about, I promise you. It was about, um, you know, it was about, things have gotten insane and let's just get together and hang out all together so we, re so we can remember that things really aren't. <laughs> Amen to that. Thanks for, thanks for joining <laughs> me here. Um, that's Julie Duffy, you guys. Um, as always, you can uh, find this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, 
Stitcher and WGN Plus um, and LiveLeadPlay.com. Um, if you have thoughts or ideas about um, a topic for this podcast, or if you know somebody who'd like to be a guest, or you would, um, write me at John G. Duffy at drjohnduffy.com. If you go to my website, drjohnduffy.com, you will see a free parenting program that's nice and easy to digest and, and kind of fun, and I encourage you to do that if you are a mom or a dad. Um, thank you again for joining us, and I will talk to you next time.